Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hello, podcast family. Oh my goodness. I am so excited about my guest today. Lindsay, Sarah, I had the privilege of interviewing her when I did my summit on cycle informing, and I just couldn't wait to have her back now for the podcast. You ladies are in for a treat. Lindsay, Lindsay, Sarah is a trauma informed womb healing guide and certified fertility awareness educators, educator with her masters in social work. She guides wild souls to harness the magic of their womb and create their dream life, heal after trauma, avoid pregnancy naturally, and consciously conceive. Her work weaves modern science with ancient earth-based spirituality so that caring for our womb becomes second nature. And everything about that bio and is so magic. And I'm just so excited about the wisdom of the womb that we're going to be sharing today. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be able to share about this topic on your podcast and, you know, that we were able to start our relationship back with your summit and that we get to now share this space together too. Uh, it's, I mean, your work is just so beautiful. And what we were talking about even before we started recording, and I'm just so excited to expand on it more now that we're alive, but yeah. really just, I think it's so valuable and we do such complimentary work that I just, I know this community is going to benefit so much from it. So if you want to just take a moment and, you know, expand and introduce yourself a little bit more to the listeners, that would be so awesome. Yeah, of course. So I am a certified fertility awareness method educator and a womb healing guide, although there really isn't certifications in that. <laughs> it's more that I put a lot of different things together from different areas and then, you know, got my master's in social work to get more of a background in mental health and social justice and have fused it all together into the work that I offer today. And I support people with wombs to consciously conceive, to avoid pregnancy naturally, to understand the different phases of their menstrual cycle and how they impact how we're feeling physically and emotionally and how we can align and sync our lives with our cycle, as well as using the phases of our cycle and our connection with our womb to help facilitate our trauma healing journeys. Mm. So juicy. I just got goosebumps. And yeah, I mean, I, I love how 
this work that both you and I are doing is becoming just more widespread. We're being able to just heal in a totally different way. And I, this topic that we're specifically going to be expanding on today is one that I feel like in the womb work world is one that is super underexplored and like everyone is really interested in, but not a lot of people have the tools to talk about it. So we have the perfect person here. And before we really start to jump into trauma and how it impacts the womb. Can you just share a little bit more about your story into coming to womb work? I would love to share more about my story and how I got into this work. And, you know, like I shared before, I have education. That's like a whole mix of things that brought me to where I'm at today. And really where it started was, um, back when I actually became a yoga teacher. So it started there. And I feel like basically my trauma healing journey and my menstrual cycle healing journey were happening at the same time. Now, where does yoga come into this? So when I was doing my yoga teacher training, that's when I really started to connect more deeply to my body and become more curious about my womb. And during my yoga teacher training, I, I was like very, um, knee deep in my own trauma healing journey and at a really heightened point of PTSD. And I was getting really easily triggered and, um, especially like in yoga classes. So I, I was finding that like, you know, yoga could feel really good for me. However, there were certain triggers and things that would come up in classes where I felt like the way I was taught and the way that I experienced classes was typically like the teacher tells you what to do with your body. Like they just give you a bunch of commands essentially to uh, do this with your body and do that with your body. And the way I was taught was very much like you tell them what to do. Like you tell them what to do with their bodies. You don't just like lightly suggest things or have people explore things like you, you tell them, right. You have the authority and it just like was not resonating with me at all. Um, you know, we were also taught how to do a lot of hands-on adjustments without even asking people if they want to be touched, you know, and so there was just a lot of things that were coming up in the training where I was like, I, this is just not resonating with me. Like this style of teaching is just, it's not working for me and there must be something else. And I, um, we had to, you know, come up with and propose a, a project that we would want to do in the community. And I thought I want to offer yoga classes to trauma survivors and, I had uh, one of my teachers say to me, you know, if you want to work with trauma survivors, you should probably get extra training, which at that point I was kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm a trauma survivor. Like, I just know how, you know, but I'm so happy that she said that because there was so much I was able to learn through further training and what I realized is like, just because I have my own experience with trauma doesn't mean that I understand everyone else's experience with trauma. And so 
I decided to do my, uh, do a training in trauma informed yoga. And that really like opened up a whole world to me. Cause I was like, Oh, all these things that I had been feeling about teaching and feeling like conflicted about was really picked apart in this training of, you know, using more of invitational language rather than command style teaching, no hands-on assists. You know, there was a lot of things that we learned about trauma and how to hold a trauma-informed space. And it was yoga focused, but it was such an amazing training. And then a lot of the people that were there were like therapists or social workers. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should like explore that further, you know? And so I did, and I ended up getting my master's in social work. I was like, you know, I'm going to go all the way. Like if I really want to hold a trauma-informed space and support trauma survivors, then I want to really know what I'm doing, you know? So I then went and got my master's and, you know, while I was in grad school, started connecting deeper to my womb. Um, Another little piece of my journey is like prior to going to grad school and prior to my yoga teacher training, I was doing, um, I was working on a project in Tanzania to start reusable pads businesses in rural areas. So I feel like that was my first intro to like the menstrual space. And it really, I like, I poured all of my extra time into it. It was totally like volunteer based, but I did a lot of fundraising and planning for that project and working with an NGO that was like locally run in Tanzania. So I had that, then I had the yoga piece and the trauma trainings, and then went to school for social work and then started to connect more deeply to my own cycle and started to question why I was having such painful periods and started to um, think about like, why, like not just continuing to take six Advil at a time, like my doctors were telling me to just so I could like get through and do life as usual, six Advil, like the normal doses, one or two, I had such severe pain. Um, and so when I started to look into the why as I started, I discovered endometriosis, um, I still have not had a surgical diagnosis for it, but maybe someday, but I, it runs in my family and I very much feel like I have it. Like I have all the symptoms. So anyways, I was really like discovering my cycle, how my cycle worked. Um, I started tracking my cycle with fertility awareness. So I knew like how I was feeling physically and emotionally in each of the phases and, Through there, through connecting with my cycle, I started to understand that I would feel certain ways like over and over again in specific phases. Like there was a clear pattern of things, of ways that I felt emotions that were present for me and also like aspects of my trauma that would feel more present during specific cycle phases. And then I started to, uh, sync my healing really like with my cycle. So yeah, I know, I feel like my journey is like very all over the place whenever I explain it, but I feel like a lot of our journeys are all over the place. 
Well, it's just kind of, to me, I mean, it's the beautiful, like bringing together of all of the things where when you're in the moment of it, it doesn't all necessarily make sense, but it's one of those things that we can look back on and be like, wow, like everything was divinely put on my path and together in ways that I didn't even realize were going to play out in the future. And I mean, I think that's honestly how the best things in life happen, right? right? Where it's like, and then this thing happened and then this thing happened and like, it just sounds so appropriate, you know, that the teacher was like, well, you should do an extra trauma training yeah. right at the same time, right. you're starting to understand your cycle more. And just, I, I just think it's so, um, we definitely have the right woman here to talk about this topic. Oh, and, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it makes perfect sense to me and doesn't feel all over the place, but I also wasn't the one living it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you. And I'm curious before we start to jump into like talking more about how trauma shows up in our cycle. And, you know, I love how you alluded to how the specific cycle phases as a huge advocate for cycle informing our lives. I mean, I'm so fascinated by that. I think a lot of women, when they hear the words womb work, mm-hmm. it's like this big question mark. Yeah. And you know, I remember I went to a, when I was living in LA, there was this like really neat, half day retreat, you know, somewhere in Malibu where these women came and did like a full, you know, retreat of womb work with us. And it was everything from like them talking in tongues and like coming over us and, you know, just like (laughs) doing really witchy stuff. And also like, you know, some really beautiful body work and breath work and things like that. And so it really illuminated for me at a time in my life where I was also getting into this work where the, the scope of womb work can be wide. Um, And I'm curious, like when we're talking about the ways in which you support women with, or womb bearers with womb work, what, what does that typically involve in like, when we're talking about womb work, what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's such a good question because womb work can mean so many different things. And even sometimes I'm like, what are the right words to like describe what I do and to explain like what this experience can be like. And while I can, I still like struggle with it sometimes. And like, how do you put the words to like, like something so profound, but also like something that can mean so many different things. So anyways, like in the scope of how I offer womb work, it's very um, emotion-based and energetics-based. And so I, just because of my background, like my background is more focused on mental health and um, and energy healing. Like I also, I have my Reiki level two as well. So I have like a background in Reiki and energy healing. And um, basically like, I kind of want to fill this gap where like when you go to therapy, often they're not going to really ask you about your menstrual cycle, most likely, or your womb at all. Um, and then if you go to like an energy healer, they're also, I mean, maybe they'll ask you a little, but they're not going to go like so deep into the womb typically. So I want to like create this space where we fuse it together, where we're actually incorporating the womb and the menstrual cycle into our healing. And even though I have the background as a social worker, um, and like was trained as a therapist, I, this work is not therapy. 
So that's something that I like to be like really clear about is like, I'm not offering therapy. Um, but we still are working with emotions and we're working with the different cycle phases, but it's more energy-based and body-based. And so typically like in a session with a client, I will ask them like, do you know where you're at in your cycle today? So that we can really inform our session around that. And, you know, based on that and based on how they're feeling in the moment, we can then tailor it to that. And usually what I incorporate is like custom rituals. So maybe we're coming up with a ritual that you can do in a certain part of your cycle, which typically the, like that process is done like outside of a session, but we'll like, cause maybe they need to go to a specific location or something like that. You know, like there can be different things in that are involved. And so we'll plan together or what I see where I see people having like really big shifts and transformations is when we drop into meditation and I'll do like a guided visualization or journey during the meditation where we're actually like where the client is actually dialoguing with their womb or dialoguing with their body or dialoguing with their ancestors maybe as well um, to, to create a real, like a deeper relationship with themselves and to give their womb a chance to speak and to share and to have a voice because I view our womb as a vessel that holds our emotions and our stories and our experiences, not only from our lives, but also from our ancestors. And so like the thing is how I view it is like a vessel can only hold so much. Like if I filled a cup of water to the brim with water or whatever, (laughs) like you can't fit anything more in it. Right. So let's say you're like trying to create a new life. Maybe you're trying to conceive or you're wanting to use your creative energy to like bring a project or a business or a passion forward into this world. It's going to be harder to do that and to use the creative power of your womb. If there's no space, like if all this space is taken up with emotions and trauma and stories. And so like I view womb work as we're going in, we're seeing like what your womb is holding and where we can work to release some of it. I don't want to say we're clearing everything out because it's like, wow, that takes lifetimes, you know? Um, But we can start to clear out some of it and create more space for creativity and fertility and joy to come through in your life. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I I love the analogy you gave around space. I was actually just talking with um, my well woman collective about this. The analogy I like to use in that is like a drawer you have in your house. Like what happens if you have an empty drawer? Yeah. It gets full. Like no, no drawer stays (laughs) empty. You know what I mean? It either becomes the junk drawer or it becomes a drawer filled with like beautiful mementos of like where we keep the special things like empty spaces get filled. And we as womb bearers are gifted with this like 
open space. Right. Right. And like you said, and you know, it will get filled with whatever is present for us. Right. And, you know, speaking too about the ancestors, I'm really excited for us to have an opportunity to touch on that later. Um, you know, as a Jewish woman, ancestral healing has been something that has been so potent for me and yeah. to like really tap into and touch into and how much of that I think, uh, I was present with before and during my pregnancy mm -hmm. as like recognizing again, like how that gets passed on and what we know about, you know, how trauma actually gets passed on that way. So yeah, I'm really excited yeah. to about trauma to just elaborate on that, like ancestral component as well. So like, okay. I feel like we've set this amazing stage. Tell me like, how do you see trauma show up in our cycle? Yeah. Yeah. So I see trauma show up, um, differently in different phases. Usually I'm going to share like what I typically see happen, you know, with my clients and with myself now there, it's not like there are scientific studies on this proving it, right. I think this is something, first of all, really hard to study. And second of all, there's not a, a lot of studies on like the womb and the menstrual cycle anyways. And I think there would be really amazing studies if, you know, people actually wanted to fund that, but, um, it's, I think it's a, a privilege to be able to have studies about the done on certain issues, you know? So anyways, with that, I want to share like different phases of the menstrual cycle, what I typically see arise. And these aren't like rules that it's like, this is definitely going to apply to you in every single menstrual cycle. You know, everyone is different and everyone has different experiences with their cycle. And so it is also really important that you get to know your own cycle too, and what holds true for you in each of the phases. So, okay. With all that being said, <laughs> we have four phases in our menstrual cycle, which, you know, if you've been listening to Stephanie's podcast, you're probably familiar with, but if you're new, I just want to break it down a little bit for everyone. So we have menstruation, which is when you're bleeding, we have, um, pre ovulation. I call it, some people refer to it as the follicular phase, but like technically follicular phase includes menstruation. So, that's just my own pet peeve. So <laughs> pre-ovulation, <laughs> pre-ovulation is this phase after menstruation up until like transitioning toward ovulation. Then we have ovulation where your egg is actually being released from your ovary. But as a phase, I like to think of it as the days surrounding that. So a few days leading up, day of a few days after, and then we have, um, pre-menstruation, which is the time after ovulation leading up to menstruation. And so during these different phases, we can see different things arise. And what I find is helpful within this is looking at the, um, life phase archetypes is what I refer to it as, but looking at, you know, our inner child, our inner mother, our inner wild one and our inner elder and how these archetypes, how the different phases are related to the different archetypes. So I'll bring those in as I'm talking about it. So with menstruation, 
this is related to the inner elder. And so this is a time where like a lot of wisdom might be coming through for you around healing and around um, maybe you have ancestral wisdom coming through to you as well. And you're able to check in with your ancestors and see if they have anything they want to share with you. This is a time where, you know, you, you might be able to communicate with them in a, in a more connected way. But with trauma, I often see it showing up in menstruation as painful periods. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, like when we're holding on to trauma or emotions in our body and we're not expressing them and they're just being suppressed for who knows how many years, um, they show up physically. Like your body wants to express it and your body wants to share with you like how it's feeling and what's happening. And if we're not able to actually express ourselves and release our emotions and our trauma, then it can show up as physical pain or symptoms. So period pain is a really big one, like with myself and a lot of my clients, um, I see period pain a lot with trauma histories. And I also want to share, like I had a mentor that I worked with for a couple of years. She was an elder named Layla Santorino. And we were talking about endometriosis and, um, which is often associated with severe period pain. And she was like, you know, I see endometriosis as the womb's way of protecting itself because endometriosis is tissue similar to the lining of the uterus that grows outside of the uterus, like in areas throughout your abdominal or pelvic space. And so she was basically sharing that she saw it as the womb adding extra layers Mm -hmm. of protection. And that's something that just resonated with me so much, um, feeling like, you know, even without my formal surgical diagnosis that it is there and present. And I was like, wow, you know, so how like looking at endometriosis and healing from an energetic standpoint as like, how can we create safety in your body and peel back some of those protective layers that might not be serving us anymore. Um, So yes, period pain is a really big one in the menstrual phase, but we can also use menstruation as a form of emotional release. If we set that as our intention. So if we're saying like, what are we releasing with this bleed and bringing like conscious awareness and attention to, to that, like if what's present for you in the moment, like, what do you actually want to release? And then can you set that as your intention that that's happening when you're bleeding. Um, and do you want to make a ritual out of it, you know, to honor your bleed? And I support my clients through like creating and designing their own menstrual rituals. If that's something they want to do, you know, not everyone feels aligned with that, but if you want to, and moving toward, um, pre-ovulation, unless you have, do you have any questions about menstruation so far? Things you want me to clarify? Um, okay. <laughs> back in a bit. I mean, I love 
similarly to working with women that I'm working with on, you know, ritual creation around menstruation. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just like enjoying the ride. So keep yeah. On. <laughs> okay. So in pre-ovulation, the biggest thing that I see here is childhood trauma mm. coming up. And so pre-ovulation is related to the energy of the inner child or the maiden. And so with this energy, like, because this is the time of, of the inner child, if there are people who have had childhood trauma, this phase tends to be a difficult one for them. And I've seen that, you know, for myself, for my clients, that it's kind of like, however you were feeling when you were a child and the emotions that you were feeling then, they could, they can like resurface during this time of your cycle. And so when we're looking at healing, like how can we hold space for your inner child during that time? Like what are things that you can do to help yourself ground um, and, and connect with your body or connect with nature, right? So this, like a lot of what I see here is if trauma is arising, it can look like anxiety, um, like not really feeling like your feet are on the ground, you know, like feeling, feeling very ungrounded and um, like uncomfortable, you know? And so this phase, it can be a tough one for survivors of childhood trauma. And I'm not saying that's like across the board for everyone, but something to just tap into and, and bring curiosity to. Like if you are a survivor of childhood trauma, just when you, like after bleeding, how are you feeling, right? And how, like, what does your inner child need from you during that time? And then as we move toward ovulation, this is the phase that's associated with like the inner parent or inner mother and because it's the time where like you could potentially create new life, right? You're ovulating, the eggs coming out. Even if you're not intending on creating new life, your body is still feeling that energy of like, we could potentially create new life right now. And some ways I see trauma come up are like ovulation pain, delayed ovulation, infertility, um, like difficulties with conceiving, all of that can come through. And, you know, it can help to think about like, what, how are you feeling around like the parent mother energy? Like, what was your relationship like with your parents? Do you want to be a parent? Um, if you do, like what comes up for you within that? Like, are there any fears under that? Is there anything that we want to look at and explore healing? Like, prior to actually conceiving um, and, and just taking, taking that apart, right? Looking at what is actually coming up for you around the energy of creation 
whether that is creating new life or whether that is channeling your fertility and your creative energy into another aspect of your life. Like right now, I'm not trying to conceive. I'm channeling that energy into my business and the the projects and things that I want to share with the world. But a lot of times when we're working on bringing our dreams to life, a lot can come up for us around that. A lot of fears, doubts, um, second guessing ourselves and difficulty around like receiving or seeing things fully manifest, like what kinds of challenges are coming up around ovulation in regards to creation, manifestation, and receiving. And where are those stories rooted? Like if there, if you feel like there's difficulty in bringing your dreams and desires to life, are you holding any stories from your life, from your ancestors, from society that are adding on, uh, challenges, right? Like what traumas and emotions and stories are there? Okay. (laughs) So good. And just really briefly, I want to, something that came up for me while you were speaking about the pre-ovulation or what often we'll refer to as the follicular phase, even though I know it also (laughs) is annoying. And I always have to caveat that. Um, But it was just like how interesting to have, like, if you're experiencing the resurgence of, you know, childhood trauma, and it makes you feel uncomfortable in your follicular phase. And like, you're just not feeling what we would actually expect if you were cycle informing to Mm -hmm. have in terms of the superpowers and the benefits of that phase, right. Which is like so much clear headedness and focus and being able to actually yeah. like feel in flow. Right. Right. And so I, it just gave me this actual new perspective of a little bit chicken in the egg where it's like yeah. continuation of the trauma because, you know, we're sitting here and we're, you know, talking about how to cycle and form, and this is how you should be feeling. And you're like, but I'm not right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's like, we have a lot of generalized information and education out there around like, this is how, like you said, like, this is how you should be feeling. This is how everyone feels, you know, like where in reality, it's so nuanced of like, yes, you can feel this way you might, but the way I view it is like, we have our superpowers and we have our strengths in every phase, but we also have vulnerabilities that can arise, you know, like there's strengths and vulnerabilities in every phase. And like, for me, I don't know, somehow this pre-ovulatory phase, I'm feeling great, but like in so many other pre-ovulatory phases, I'm like, oh my God, can this be over? Like, can I just get to ovulation already? Um, I also feel like in the pre-ovulatory phase, like I get headaches more often and headaches were something that I struggled with all throughout my teenage years. I had constant migraines Wow. and I'm like most prone to headaches in my pre-ovulation phase, which I had one yesterday, even though I said, I know I'm feeling great, but like, you know, we can still have bumps in the road. So yeah, it's so interesting. And something that I, yeah, I mean, 
you know, I have actually a program called cycle informed coaching where I train other coaches, practitioners, therapists, you know, when you were actually speaking about how, like, if you go to therapy, they're not going to ask you about where yeah. you're at cycle or Reiki. That's something I'm really actively trying to change because mm-hmm. I think it's so important to any kind of healing journey or supporting. Journey. Um, but that is one of the things we talk about is like, you know, when I used to teach cycle syncing classes, right. The question I used to get all the time was like, what happens when you can't, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens when I have this thing and I can't, you know, I can't change my sister's wedding based on my cycle. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So what happens when I'm in my late luteal phase and the first day of bleeding and oh my God. It really like shifted the way that I talked about it. And as opposed, I, you know, I came up with this idea of cycle informing, which was really around like what you were saying, superpower strengths, but also the vulnerabilities yeah. and how do we compensate for that. Right. Um, and how do we help ourselves show up in a way that feels in alignment, no matter right. what's going on. Um, and I feel like this element of it, I've never thought, I mean, these archetypes are blowing my mind. I love it. <laughs> You know, also as someone who works in fertility, I'm constantly talking about how we see trauma show up as a block for fertility all the time. Yeah, definitely. But like, it makes so much sense around these archetypes and and I'm really loving it. And I can't wait to hear what the premenstrual. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So the premenstrual archetype is the wild one or the wild woman. Yeah. And I, I love the wild one. Like I, I see like for my clients, a lot of my clients, uh, feel like there's a lot of challenges in their premenstrual phase. And I'm sitting here like the opposite being like my preovulatory phase sucks. Like, and I love my premenstrual phase. (laughs) It's like so many people are the opposite of me. Um, but it's really like the, the wild energy I feel like is not necessarily a life phase, but it's just like this transient archetype that gets to show up throughout our lives in different scenarios and different ways. And it's something we can always tap into. And like the wild energy for me is connection to our truth, connection to our emotions, connection, and like embracing of our fierceness too, um, and connection to nature. And like, we have a lot of, we feel a lot of emotions right throughout our menstrual cycle, but in our pre-ovulatory and ovulatory phases, because we often have a bit more energy in those phases and we've got estrogen on our side there, it can be like easier to suppress those and be like, oh, they're here, but I'm not going to pay attention to them right now. Like I'm going to, you know, work and do this and that instead, right? We're just going to put those away. But in the premenstrual phase, those emotions like don't want to be suppressed anymore. They're like, okay, we've been suppressing ourselves like this whole time. And now we want to be seen. We want to be felt. We want to be heard. Like we want to have a voice and there's, there can be so much judgment around our emotions, like natural human emotions, you know, of anger, rage, uh, jealousy, sadness, these kinds of things that are just natural human emotions 
um, we, we tend to judge them and be like, oh, we don't want to feel these. These are bad. You know, let's put them away somewhere and not feel them. But when we're not able to hold space for our emotions, eventually they're going to come out, you know, and the premenstrual phase is like our teacher with how to be with our emotions. It's like, okay, um, we've suppressed them and now we get to sit with them and move with them and feel them. And what is that going to look like? And so with the way I see trauma showing up in this phase is like really um, like difficulty with expressing emotions and to the point where, you know, maybe you're feeling like emotions in really, really intense ways. Um, or you're not sure how to express them or you're judging your emotions. Maybe there's a lot of self-judgment happening in this phase too, but we can use it to help us heal if we are open to feeling our emotions and, and holding space for them and working with them. Like it can be a really potent time to explore healing if if we withhold our self-judgment or learn to, because it can be hard to withhold self-judgment completely, but learn to recognize when it's happening so that we can uh, soften into a space of healing without that judgment being the star of the show. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, what I'm loving here too is not only how we're seeing trauma show up in the different cycle phases, but then how do we cycle and form our healing journey? Right? Exactly. So like, yeah. You know, you're saying this time is a really powerful time for healing trauma because of all of these emotions being present. So like, yeah, utilize that power, utilize that depth and potency and all of that wild woman energy coming right. to the front. Right. And, and and go deep with it. Right. Right. And you know, the ritual around menstruation and like these different things that we can do. So it's like, and I think it's so empowering because we're taking, I think for a lot of women, again, it kind of, it's kind of the chicken and the egg for a lot of women or people who experience periods that, you know, they have a lot of trauma associated with their menstrual. menstrual Yeah, right. Definitely. And like, whether or not some of that is like, trauma that then turned into painful periods or vice versa, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, we totally need to say where it starts and where it ends, but how do we like turn something that maybe held a lot of angst or like held a lot of fear and use it to actually facilitate the healing journey. And exactly. That's so beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We can really use our cycle to facilitate our healing journeys. Cause like healing, healing trauma or like healing our emotions and being with our emotions. It's hard enough. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to add extra difficulty to it by trying to force ourselves to do things and to do practices that aren't really aligned with where we're at in our cycle. It can bring a little more flow to our journey if we're actually able to use healing practices that are in alignment with where we're at in our menstrual cycle. Mm. So yummy. I literally live for this stuff. It's so good. (laughs) And, you know, and two, because I think a lot of people with wombs 
not always, but a lot of our trauma is associated with an experience that we have in a female body. Not yes. always. Yeah. But I see that super frequently, right? You know, yeah. more likely to experience sexual abuse, more likely to have had, like, I don't know. Have you ever read actually the patriarchy stress disorder? No. Whoa. I got a girlfriend. I feel like <laughs> whoa. this is something you need to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in your, in your world, um, yeah. and you'll really resonate with it. I have to say, I liked the book a lot. It got a little repetitive. So like you can kind of scan through parts of it, but anyone listening, please, I I definitely recommend it's a powerful tool, but something that she hadn't talks about in this book is how just a lot of females, like generational and ancestral trauma comes from like, we experience it, like everything from like the witch burnings and just like mm-hmm. what it was like to be a woman in the world for the past couple thousand years yeah. and how different that is today. I mean, we definitely still have room to grow, but I mean, there's no better time across the world to have been yeah. in a female body. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but like, because of all of these traumas that we've had passed down to us. We have this patriarchy stress disorder, which like prevents us from showing up in the ways that we really should anyways, super interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just love that we can use this tool, this thing that is so innate to our bodies that maybe Mm -hmm. we associate actually with some of that trauma or, you know, distance from and actually embrace it to, to heal. I just think that is so beautiful. And um, yeah, I'm really stoked on this work that you're doing. Thank you so much. And wow, that book, that sounds like exactly what I want to be reading. And, you know, it's so true because we, we have our own individual experiences and individual traumas. We have traumas that our ancestry has experienced. And then we have more of societal trauma that we are exposed to and are holding and are impacted by as well. hundred percent. Um, okay. I'm curious what wisdom you want to offer other womb bearers that are like really new to this journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who's listening to this? Who's like, okay, well, my mind is blown, but where (laughs) do I go from here? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. So the the best way to begin this journey is to start tracking your cycle and like getting curious about how you're feeling. So when I personally started this journey, I had like a, a Google Doc that was basically like a t- big table where I would put my cycle day and then I would put how I'm feeling physically and emotionally and, um, I, I preferred it over a paper journal because I wasn't limited on how much I could write, like the boxes would just expand. Um, and so I literally tracked like every single day, how I was feeling physically and emotionally. And I did it for a year, not saying you have to do it for a year, but <laughs> I had like over a hundred pages of data about my cycle and how I was feeling in different phases and different days. And I was clearly seeing patterns arising. And so, I mean, not to say that you have to do it that way and you have to diligently chart and track everything, but, um, 
if you're like, if you're not the kind of person who wants to keep track of everything every day, and that sounds really daunting, at least just bringing curiosity and awareness to how you're feeling, even if you're not, you know, charting it and tracking it and keeping the data, you know, bringing awareness to how, how am I feeling today? Like, what are the emotions that are present? And, you know, where am I at in my cycle? Right. And at least tracking what cycle day you're on so that you can, you know, like where you are and using your menstrual cycle as a tool to increase your self-awareness. So getting to know your own body and, and tracking your cycle so that you understand like where you are. I think that's the biggest thing. And like with trauma, oftentimes we're disconnected from our bodies because our, maybe our, it doesn't feel safe to be in our body. And so we disconnect as a coping mechanism. And part of healing trauma is reconnecting to our body. And I've found that like the menstrual cycle is such an amazing tool to actually reconnect back to ourselves and to check in with how we're feeling every day and just being like, okay, where am I at my cycle? How am I feeling today? What does my body need today? While you were talking, I just had this thought that I'm like, we'll probably have to do a separate podcast. I was want to come back because I feel like we could just go down the rabbit hole, but like thinking about how the widespread use of hormonal birth control, mm-hmm. like actually mm-hmm. is like connect disconnecting and shutting down yes. that, like process that you were yeah. just describing even more. And like how on a mass scale that might be contributing to the way women are, are, or are not dealing with trauma. And like, Oh, wow. I don't know, like like something about that, like really like hit me. And I, like I said, might need to be another podcast episode, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. (laughs) I mean, you're no, you're right. Like, yeah, birth control, it, it really facilitates the disconnection from ourselves because it literally, um, severs. I was like, I I was like, I don't want to use such an intense word, but no other word was coming to me. Like it severs the connection between our brain and our ovaries and their ability to communicate with each other. Cause the menstrual cycle really is that it's your brain and your ovaries communicating and sending signals to each other. And if you're on hormonal birth control, those signals aren't happening. And so it is facilitating disconnection from our bodies but I feel like the use of birth control is so widespread. I mean, for many reasons, but one of them being that, and again, maybe another podcast episode, but like the world that we live in is not supportive of us actually being in our bodies the way that we're designed to. It's not actually supportive of us honoring our cyclical rhythms. And so how does it, how can it become easier for us to actually exist and uh, be in a world that's not honoring us or encouraging us to be cyclical, which is what we are. And, you know, one of the ways to exist in this world a little more easily, you know, other than cycle syncing, for example, is going on birth control, 
you go on birth control, it shuts off your cycle. You, you get to show up in this world, the way that the patriarchy wants you to show up and, um, and, and do the things you need to do to survive. Right. Like some people, like, I, I think it involves a lot of privilege to be able to cycle think, um, and to be able to structure your life in a way that is really supportive of your menstrual cycle. And so if that privilege is not available, then actually like shutting down your cycle can be a way to function in, in a world that's not actually supporting us in the way we need to be supported. Totally. Like it's way more accessible to get access to a pack of birth control than it is to start a business where you control your own schedule. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, we should actually totally circle back on this and do it. I mean, I think there's just so much there, but when I was thinking about, you know, the, just like the connection to the body and the cycle and the trauma and just like all the things I just had this like, whoa moment of like thinking about the millions of women who are walking around, you know, in bodies that feel trauma and aren't getting access to this beautiful way of being of able healing. To, to heal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yummy. And, and for, so that was like a really beautiful, how to get started. And for people who feel like maybe they're already a little bit further on the journey, how do you recommend that they deepen that practice? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So once you're, you really know, like where you're at in your cycle and how you are usually feeling in that phase, that's like individualized to you and what's normally coming up for you. Then we can look more at, um, what aspects of trauma are coming up? Like what aspects of your healing practice are coming up in different phases? What is your body asking you to look at and to explore and to heal in different phases? What kinds of healing practices feel more supportive for you in each of the phases? Like, for example, if, um, like, let's say you're working with someone, maybe it's a therapist or a coach or someone who's telling you to do like some journaling practice or some type of meditation practice or every day, right? Like we're going to do this like every day or as much as you can. And it's like, maybe some days you are feeling massive resistance to it. Maybe it's because you're not in a phase of your menstrual cycle that would actually support a practice like that and, and give you the full healing benefits. And so, you know, rather than thinking like, oh my gosh, like I, suck at healing or something and like having this negative self-talk of like, I must not be committed enough to my healing or whatever it is thinking like, okay, maybe I'm just not in a phase of my menstrual cycle. That's going to support this practice. What is another practice that might feel more supportive to me in this phase? And that's something that I support my clients to go deeper into is like, okay, how, what's actually coming up for you in the different cycle phases? What kind of rituals and practices do we want to create to help support who you are individually, as well as, you know, how you're feeling in each of your cycle phases so that we can design, uh, an, a healing plan and not even like a plan as in it has to be followed all the time, but like 
you know, create something kind of a map or a guide that you can use as, uh, as that, as a guide, like just a guide, not like a requirement, but like a guide of what are some practices that I might try in different phases that feel aligned to me and creating like a menu. Like I like to create a menu of practices because it's like, okay, one's not working or feeling aligned. Well, what's another one that we can try, you know? Um, and what are some deeper, uh, healing themes that are coming up? And so, you know, something that I support my clients with is doing like really customized meditations to heal some of those deeper aspects of what's coming up within your womb. And it's like in what I often do in the meditations is like my client is maybe in dialogue with their womb or their ancestors or, a you know, a part of their body, but then they also might be in dialogue with me telling them what's telling me what's coming up. So then I can literally customize the meditation for them, like moment by moment based on what is coming up for them. Right. So we can just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into all the, the layers. And it's really like, I feel like there's no ending point. It's not like we, we get to a certain place and you're done healing. It's always like, there's more, there's always more layers. There always, there's always more to explore. And it's really like a lifelong journey of deepening and of continuing to like, be curious about the next, the next aspect of your journey and the next thing that's coming up. And, um, it might not always feel like really heavy or really intense, like it does in the beginning or the way it can in the beginning. Um, but it can kind of transform like your healing journey. It's not always like this journey of darkness and shadow and heaviness. Like there's also spaces for light and spaces for joy and spaces for healing. Um, and so it's a continuous, continuous journey, continuous deepening. Mm. I, I, I mean, how powerful to have those meditations be customized and in the moment. And that's yeah. just healing. And it's also so fun for me, always talking to other practitioners and just like seeing like where things are mirrored and also where things are different. And it's just yeah. so special. Like I loved your term of the menu. Like I use a bingo board, mm. right. Where, <laughs> you know, like we make a little bingo board of different practices and, it's yeah. like, and get bingo, right. Like let's try different <laughs> we find the ones that we like, yeah. but I love this vision of like a menu and being like, well, what am I in the mood for today? Right. Yes. Like, just like we don't go. And I mean, some people maybe order the same thing at a restaurant all the time, but like, <laughs> like different flavors for a different day. And I mean, everything you're saying is just landing so much. And I'm just so grateful to be able to witness you in this work that in some ways is so familiar and also has this like whole other side and it's just so expanding. And and I'm just so grateful that you came here to share this with my community today, because I think it's so potent. So yummy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love sharing this information. So tell everyone where they can find more of you. Yeah, you can find me on in a few different places. Instagram is where I'm most active right now. My Instagram is flow with your flow. And I do have TikTok, 
but still not sure how I feel about TikTok. So you can't take over. <laughs> I mean, not even that. I just, I don't know. It's, it has never fully resonated with me that app, but um, yeah, I may be on there. Instagram is the best place to reach me right now. Um, you can also find my podcast, which is called womb space and it is on Apple and Spotify and Google. So it's accessible on a lot of different platforms. And, uh, if you want to work with me and explore one-on-one womb healing together, I have a four month mentorship option where we can really go deep together And what that looks like is one-on-one sessions plus optional ongoing messaging support if you want it in between the calls. I don't require everyone to have that though. Um, But, you know, they are different prices depending on what kind of support you're wanting. And I also decided I want to introduce single sessions. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I've ever really done for womb healing. But I think that for a lot of people, it's, it still feels kind of foreign and mysterious and it can feel hard to commit to like four months of it. You know, um, some people know that they need it and they, they're like, this is exactly what I need. And they want to go all in right away, but I want to give people a chance to experience it first. Um, if, they're maybe not ready to dive into a four month journey with me. So yeah, one on one on one single sessions are coming like literally as of yesterday, I created the page. So, so exciting. Yeah. And (laughs) we'll share all of the links for your socials and for how to get in touch in the show notes. Um, I'll also drop that book in there (laughs) in case anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Stress disorder. And yeah, just like what a gift to, to be in your orbit, my love. And just thank you for this really potent and powerful and transformative conversation. I can't wait to see how it dominoes into the world. And as you continue to do this really powerful work, what, what changes in womb mind, um, (laughs) having a little play on words there. Yes. Yes. So thanks for being here, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me and giving me this space to share and be in conversation with you and everyone who's listening. Our pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Hello, wisdom of the womb women. Wow. That was such a beautiful and powerful episode. If you are listening to this and are a therapist, a coach of any kind, a energy worker who wants a teacher, anyone, a social worker who wants to be able to incorporate cycle informed work into your practice, into your way of deeply supporting women on a biological level. I wanted to let you know about my cycle informed coaching certification program. The certification program has allowed so many different types of coaches, types of practitioners, therapists, pelvic floor, physical therapists, be able to really take their work to the next level while I'm out on maternity leave. And through the, you know, really through the end of the year, we're going to be offering a special (laughs) 
uh, discount on this program to be able to get certified and do it at your own pace. So if this is something that you want to make a priority in 2023 and be able to start in supporting women on a cycle-informed level, please see the link for that in the show notes and reach out to me on Instagram for any questions. Thank you so much. Can't wait to connect with you and cycle informed the world together.